Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm your host, Corey Deerigan. Alongside me, as always, is the vault dwelling, Jotun Toten, Guardian of the Galaxy, Josh Finney. Hello. Hi, Josh. Hi, Corey. Another week, another episode of Tower Casuals, Josh. Another week, another episode of Tower Casuals, indeed. I, I said we, this was going to be a short episode when we were coming into this, and I don't know how accurate that is, judging by the amount of tabs open on my screen right now. I mean, look, a, a short show for us is like an hour or so. Let's be sure. honest. Sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, it's not going to go too much longer than that, but it's not going to be as short as... Initially, I was like, when I was planning the other day, I was like, God, this is going to be like a 30-minute episode. Like... It won't be quite that short, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit on the shorter side. Yeah, it's fine. Look, you're tired. I'm running on fumes at this point. You know, I just, who cares? It's fine. People here, people are listening. People are going to listen to the Lord. We're going to talk about Bungie Day. We're going to talk about the uh, Survive the Truth tease. Oh, man, I'm... I'm ready. We've we've got we've got updates to talk about. We've got Bungie Day news. We've got a cool a new emblem we can get. We've got quality of life for solstice improvements. We got a bunch of littler stuff today. That's fine. That's good. Let's let's, let's, uh, let's jump into that teaser first, though, Corey. Yeah, uh, you sent that to me, and my eyes were just like, hmm, August. Oh, I, was like, I, I got so excited when uh, I saw that at nine o'clock in the morning. I. Uh, I was I was laying in bed. I was trying to go back to sleep because I didn't sleep all the night before. And uh, but it was Bungie Day, so I knew something was probably happening. And so I was refreshing around nine o'clock. That's when Bungie tends to drop things, uh, nine a.m. Central. And sure enough, right at nine o'clock, boom! Witch Queen announcement sitting there on my timeline. Survive the truth, August twenty fourth, Sabathun's symbol. Um, and Destiny 2 Showcase. Um, I've been saying for a long time that I, you know, was pretty certain that August 24th was definitely the date, uh, just based on what they did last year with Season of Arrivals and Beyond Light. It's pretty clear they want to use that downtime for servers to just really dive into both the season and the story. And I love that. I love that they're so connected now Yeah, that this can happen. But this, this season really seems like it's going to be if last if last year's season of arrivals was Sabathun announcing her arrival in the system, this is really like this is going to be where the desperation ploy starts yeah. because now with you know with uh, uh, Kira being dead, uh, Sabathun's going to start getting dead. Well, dead. I'm going to put that in quotation marks because dead. No one's ever truly dead in Destiny unless you're Cade Six. Mm. But is he like, even really that dead though? Is he that yes. dead? Yes. You don't think Cade Seven's coming somewhere down nope. the line? Deader than a doornail. Deader mm. than a doornail. If we were going to bring Cade Seven in, it was going to be in the time, the time machine, and instead we brought forth a beautiful Russian robot. Mm, that's fair. Uh, this uh, this pretty clearly is going to play into not Cyrus <laughs> or no Cyrus. We're calling no Cyrus. Not Cyrus doesn't sound right. We're going to call him no Cyrus. No Cyrus. No Cyrus. That's uh that that that's his uh, that's Sabathun's tower name right now. 
there was a glitch this week where you had to reclaim all your triumphs from the past two seasons. And in the process of doing that, it unlocked the final piece of Season of the Splicer lore for everyone. So a shitload of people have now been spoiled on the ending of the season, by the way. <laughs> So those spoilers are out there. Of course, we're not going to talk about it until you can legitimately do the quest that it's associated with. When the proper unlock happens, we will cover it and talk about it. It's pretty clearly... Uh, I, I have gone ahead and read it. I, I have read it. Uh, we will talk about it when it happens in-game. Very excited to get to that when it happens. Um, I, think, I think it puts some of our NPCs in a very interesting situation going into next season and obviously into the witch queen but with this like surely we're gonna get confirmation that crossplay is coming i think crossplay is coming on the 24th yeah which scares me that they're gonna try and launch a season and they're gonna do a reveal and they're gonna push cross you don't think they would start you don't think they would start the season first and then like two or three weeks later introduce it just to get people because like if you i feel like that i mean they they could they they totally they they totally could but i think they need to be able to test the server loads on the launch day of a season so they know how to adjust things for when witch queen launches and we're all playing together Mm mm-hmm um that's just how i would do it they you know we did the stress we did a stress test already i have to imagine that a crucible test is coming at some point Mm -hmm. because we've done matchmaking nightfalls i have to imagine they're going to enable it on the tower Mm -hmm. at some point towards the end of solstice uh i think by the end of july we hear about another stress test or two and they just like start doing them periodically yeah uh or they just like start giving it to selective accounts early Mm mm-hmm uh, I could see that like a, a phased rollout of, okay, these are people who have, have X amount of hours in the game. Let's roll it to them first. Let's roll it to these people next next week, and then we'll give it to everybody else at the season. Uh, I could see things like that. It won't be popular, but it may help reduce the strain on servers. Mm-hmm. We don't know quite what happened on reset day, but servers went haywire. Nobody could play for like 24 hours. Yeah, it's genuinely that. one of the worst outages I've ever seen for the game. They took it offline for emergency maintenance, which did almost nothing. Uh, it was bad. It, it was real bad. I was playing with uh, Joe and Colonel Panic, or Colonel Panic and uh, Nerd Generalist, and we all just quit. We quit and went and played Halo instead because we just we couldn't do it. We were getting booted from everything. It was taking like 15, 20 minutes to get into a Crucible match because of disconnects. It, it was real bad. Not a great start to Bungie Week. Mm-hmm. Like. Witch Queen is coming. Um, this survived the truth. What do we think that is? I feel like Savathun's influence is going to be influencing some of the decisions some of the NPCs are about to make or are making currently that we don't know about. And it's going to be almost like a puzzle or a riddle, and we have to figure out who's telling the truth and who's not at some point. So I want to bounce. I want to bounce an old theory off of you, one that I had ascribed to for a long time, and it, it's going to go back to some lore corners we did in the aftermath of Beyond Light coming out about Anna's or Elsie's uh, visions of the future from the mm-hmm. timeline that she's in. Mm-hmm. We know that we know the tower gets attacked from her visions. We don't know if we've averted that quite yet. We we've already done the first step, which is we took out Aramis. We've teamed up with Keitel. But there's still the question of Eris Morn out there. Mm-hmm. And when the tower was attacked, Eris was actually Sabathun. Would a reveal like that make sense for survival? Or the, the confirmation that 
it's not just an Osiris meat puppet that is really Sabathun and Osiris is Mad-Eye Moody in this situation. That not that no Cyrus is actually David Tennant from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire walking around in the tower. Hmm. You got you you got to think that like when they say survive the truth, that's that it's going to be a bombshell like that, or Marasov coming back and being like, "We're going to have to team up with Sabathun," yeah, or like we have to team up with Sabathun or with Zivu Arath or something like that. Like I, I and I think like the way that this logo is with the the vapor and the mist, I think gives gives a lot of credence to uh, fan speculation and fan theory that we're going to have like a poison style subclass or like a vapor, not really poison, but like poison and like vapor. Mm-hmm. Poison would make sense because they've already done weapons with that. So like, I right. feel like that would make, I, look, think of one monarch uh, or thorn as yeah. a wieldable element. Yeah. Uh, get ready for another like six months of PVP being irrever- irreparably destroyed. Yeah. But I, I think that they're, they're very quickly going to have to come to a point especially with Halo Infinite coming with matter and full full flesh production of do we really want to keep dumping the resources into PvP and Destiny or do we want to just try and make it the best we possibly can right now but be like they are because they are doing separate balancing like we really want to embrace the power fantasy in PvE and we might have to sacrifice PvP and Gambit in order to do that like I don't know if we're progressing towards that necessarily if this event on the 24th happens, like in top in terms of expectations, and you know, we'll we'll do more bonafide predictions as we get closer. But for me, you have to have a massive focus on PvP and Gambit at this event. Mm-hmm. You 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 have to. You can, if you if it goes by without any new stuff for Crucible or for Gambit, then I think at that point, I mean, the community is already right to be upset about this. Um, I just think the numbers are going to continue to drop, and it's a shame because. Uh, the crucible, the new updates to shotguns and 120s, Crucible feels fantastic right now. As somebody who uses a lot of scouts and pulses, it feels great. Mm-hmm. I don't really notice a massive change with Dead Man's either. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying how the Crucible goes. But in the lead up to this, there's gonna be that. I've seen a lot of people going and just like, oh, if we're really about to do all this hive stuff, it, could we please get? Um, could, could we please get Crota Zen back as a dungeon? And the other thing I'm forced to start wondering when they say survive the truth is, is the, and I'm going to ask this every single year, is this where we finally get the final enemy race? Is this where we get the veil? Um, is this where they come into the story? Would that be something that qualifies as like learning the truth? Like, is that the real power behind Sabathun behind the worm gods behind the taken is that the real power do you think think there's some kind of like i know we like oryx and 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 Sabathun and stuff like we've we've been battling them as like the darkness whatever right but do you think there's like some kind of assassin's creed deity type thing going on behind the scenes and that the veil like the veil is that like they're kind of con- or like a Mass Effect Reaper situation. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that there's a Reaper style situation. I mean, look at all these pyramids. Those pyramids aren't just there for show. Like something is on those pyramids. Mm-hmm. Like they took over half the galaxy. Like something has to happen with that. 
And then there's the question of, okay, well, how do we decide what things to unvault? Like, how on earth are we flying to Europa, but we can't fly to the moon? Like, or to Mars, excuse me. Like, that's just kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think the Dreadnought, if they un, if they unvault anything, I think the Dreadnought's a logical choice. I mean, I know we've all speculated that old Chicago is going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe the EDZ gets vaulted. I really don't think they vault anything new this season. Um but I do think that, the, or this next year, but I could see them giving us a lot of new areas to explore, like more than typical. Um, I expect to hear that PC that Game Pass is available on PC now. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's going to be that, something that's said in the lead up to the event, but that would be the watchful date. That's something that you'd want to get out before the new expansion, though, right? Like, you'd want to get that up and running and making sure that crossplay and stuff works with that, right? I, I would imagine that that's going to get dropped on the 24th. Yeah. I think they were just waiting for season. I don't I don't think there was any way they were going to enable that without having crossplay because they know that a lot of the people using it on Game Pass will likely be console gamers who are starting to play on PC. Um or who just you know want to be able to hang out with their friends like oh, I want to go play on PC instead of being on console. Oh, this lets me do it without any any additional cost. Um, yeah, any any more thoughts on on survive the truth? No, I'm just excited and like that. Uh, ta- yeah. I think that tagline has it's made me more intrigued on what this is because like we already know mm-hmm. that Savathun is a trickster and like they're singing the song in the city and. You know, some weird things are going on with some of the NPCs, but like this is this creates a whole new set of questions that I am just even more intrigued by, you know. So right. um, I don't really have anything else to say. I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready to see what's next. <laughs> uh as as am I, my friend. Uh so continue we're going through the bungee the bungee day post uh real fast. There's gonna be a new charity initiative um for the next couple weeks. Uh, as always, you can earn a couple of emblems. So there's two emblems there. Uh, there's the 2020 Bungie Foundation emblem. Uh, Circadian Guard emblem uh, uh, is a new one for $25. $50, uh, you get the two emblems plus the new Buoyant Shell, uh, Buoyant Exotic Ghost Shell. Looks kind of like an inflatable. Um, and then at $75 or more um, for Bungie Foundation donations, you get a tiny tank emote. Uh, you're controlling a little tank with a remote control, and it uh, shoots a heart as a firework. Um, so that's kind of cool. Like that. Uh, help us stay on track. We commit to having one of our community managers report a lore rating if we reach 500K by Wednesday the 14th to be shared in Schwab. So, uh, again, cool. We like that. They talk about uh, Solstice, the Bungie store. Um they are asking for all of your Bungie memories, though, in video form to post them on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok with hashtag Bungie memories. Keep them brief and under one minute. Uh, they're going to pick the few they like and use them for something special in the future. Um, we'd like st- videos of you telling your story about your favorite Bungie memories. Could be your favorite game, Bungie-related event you attended, or a positive interaction with a Bungie employee. Doesn't have to be Destiny. You can reminisce about high-intensity Halo land parties, or share your age by talking about how you played Pathways into Darkness on your Mac in '93. Hmm. Maybe it was the time you bought the first copy of Halo Three from Bill Gates. Because um, Bungie Day, uh, common misconception, Bungie Day is not the not when they celebrate the Bungie anniversary. That actually comes in, I believe, October. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, October or November is when the first game they ever made, which was like Operation Desert Storm in 91 or 92. Yeah. Uh, 91. That's when it was released, something like that. Um, so it's pretty clear that's what they're using these for. Uh, I'm excited to see what else they do for the 30th anniversary. We know there are there is a 30th anniversary emblem that will be released at some point in the future. Um, but while we're on this topic, I mean, Corey, I, I want to ask real quick. Um, we'll, we're going to do this again when we when we know the exact anniversary and they celebrate it. But what, what would your ideal Bungie memory be? Like, what is the one that will always stick with you? Well, I mean, I, I, I have two, actually. Um, me. Me. So the the first one the first one is is uh, I I think for most people modern Bungie at least like uh, Halo land parties Halo one land yeah. parties Halo two uh, in the college dorm rooms like I my first experience with Xbox was Halo and I'm pretty sure it was my only one until Fable and and Kotor came out right like I Halo was the Xbox uh, and and Bungie basically made the xbox what we know today right like like, there is no xbox without halo you know uh but i just i just remember the the one uh, every weekend we would go over to a a friend's house i remember packing Mm -hmm. up my xbox i'm i was one of the only people with more than two controllers so i'd pack all four of my controllers i'd take my copy of halo we'd go one time we had two eight on eight uh land parties going so there was 32 of us packed in a basement and we were all playing halo <laughs> and it was ridiculous we had like a mm-hmm. we all like every hour we would like switch teams like we would draft teams or whatever right and uh you know there was like a loser's table and there was a winner's table and if you won you got to move on to the winner's table or whatever it, and it was yeah. it dude there was there was there is enough Mountain Dew and Doritos in that room to like, I don't know. We probably kept them in business that year. I don't know. It, it, there's, it was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, that's like just Halo 1 LAN parties were just the, the best at that time. Uh, the other one, though, is like probably when we finally sat down and not only beat King's Fall, but the coming weeks mastering King's Fall and running it three times a week uh on you know the, when that hard mode came out like we were running it and we we had it down on hard mode to under 45 minutes and it was like i don't know king we talk about king's fall a lot on this show uh it's still my favorite destiny raid it's still just just those memories of sitting in my friend's basement and we all had our own TVs obviously our PlayStation 4s you know filling the room with hot air it was it was just king's fall king's fall with a with a raid group was just the best um dodging uh, dodging, uh yeah. you know flying dicks the, <laughs> the wall <laughs> the, the wall, wall of many dicks yeah so um but yeah that's those two are probably my favorite you know and, and like yeah obviously this show wouldn't exist without bungie either right you know? To an extent, our love of, of Destiny, obviously, and Halo before that, and I don't know, I dabbled in Oni for the PS2. That was a Listen, weird game. Oni was pretty fucking great to eight-year-old me, okay? 
<laughs> I, yes, uh, I. That is not a joke. I was eight years old when Oni came out. Let's let's cover <laughs> let's cover Oni real quick. A Bungie game on PS2 published by Rockstar. Oh man, it was it was a veritable cornucopia of just ra- anything you could randomly throw at it. It is nothing like Bungie has ever made or will ever make again. Um, my first exposure to excuse me, I was nine when I played it. My first exposure was going out to visit my aunt in California that summer, and we went to go see her friend. and Her son was still living at home at the time, and he was like twenty two or twenty three, I think, mm-hmm. and he had a Oni poster on his wall. With that, like, I was like, the anime chick with the purple hair? Yep, yep. And I was like, oh, that looks cool. He's like, yeah, it's this game Oni. And he sat a nine-year-old child down at the PlayStation and was like, you should try it out. And I thought it was so cool. And then I forgot the name of the game by the time I got home, never saw the game again, and then it clicked for me about ten years later that Bungie had made that game. Yeah. You think there's any Oni Easter eggs in Halo or Destiny besides like, besides, obviously Oni. And I mean, Halo? I think Oni is the Easter egg. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. Yeah, I, I, I've got I've got two memories on this. I mean, like by default, I feel like if you've been around Bungie, in the if you were around Bungie in the early 2000s, I would say up through uh, up through Halo Three, um, because even though you know Halo Three was on Xbox Live, like we still did a lot of LAN parties, mm-hmm. um, even for it then. But LAN parties for Halo 2, man, that that was where I was. Um, dragging TVs, dragging Xboxes, getting going to Blockbuster and running extra copies of the games if we had to. We would go rent games and consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just crazy. I remember like having to network my 360 into that because I was the only one with a 360. Yeah. But... Uh, we all bought extra controllers like we all chipped in to buy like all these wireless control or got two wireless controllers and got two wired ones for my 360 so we could all play halo 2 on zanzibar together and on <laughs> coagulation um you know watching red versus blue videos into the wee hours of the morning battle creek yeah i so like halo like there's just so many i mean how, how do you pick i mean in the the very first time that you saw the Halo Three trailer at E three two thousand six, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, you, that, that Halo Three Midnight launch I went to at the game. Oh, incredible! Oh my incredible. gosh, dude, there was hundreds of people in this tiny GameStop. Dude, skip skipping school to play Halo Three today. It came out convincing my parents to let me stay home. Fifteen year old me to stay home and play Halo. Yeah, was just incredible. Um, I remember like the ex- just the excitement that everyone had around Halo Three, like the lead up to that. Yeah, that was because that was the first Halo launch I really experienced. Like two, I was too young. I, I was twelve years old. I-, I looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, I remember it being on the news. It was like the biggest game launch of all time. But the the lead up and launch of three is still unlike anything I've ever experienced for a video game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, Call of Duty would have bigger launches. I'd go to Call of Duty and Battlefield launches. I'd go to console launches. I bought Skyrim Night 1. I remember that was insane. Yeah. But nothing topped the excitement for Halo 3. Like, it was on. It was at Burger King. It was on Mountain Dew. We got the best flavor of Mountain Dew ever made, by the way, the for Game Halo Fuel 3. One? The, the Orange the, Game the Fuel? The OG Game Fuel is the single greatest soda that has ever been made. I will die on this hill. I used to have a can. I had an empty can of it that sat on my desk for about 15 years. Yeah. Or not, excuse me, it hasn't been 15 years because I've been out for 15 years. It sat on it for about 10, maybe 11 years. And it was one of my last years living at home. 
when I had my surgeries and my grandmother, God bless her, decided she was going to come in and she was going to do me a favor by cleaning some stuff up on my desk when I was laid up with my leg. And she threw it out in the trash right after I had my surgery. So there was no way to save it. I have been I'm still bitter about it to this day. (laughs) I saved that can for so many years through so many moves and she just threw it away. But uh, but my other one, my destiny related, I mean, obviously this show, but I mean, I remember reading the reveal of Destiny. When they showed the concept art for the first time, we saw a Fallen sketched out, the, uh, the Ryan McCaffrey interview with Jason Jones talking about, you know, Halo, but looking ahead to the future uh, and what Destiny was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That initial gameplay reveal at the PlayStation event and going like, oh my God, what is this? And realizing it was the next, it was the next, it was the next Bungie game, and that was how they closed out the PS4 E3 reveal was with Destiny One. Yeah, and, and it was that it was that version of that first mission where yep. like like that it's the version that the New Light players experience now, where the mm-hmm. spider take drops down and you just see all these guardians battling it, and it was like, dude, I remember watching that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome! Like this is like. This is like the next step that I that of Halo, right? Like this is what I think everybody was like, "Oh, this is like this is going to be like the MMO Halo we all wanted," right? Like it's, it's, yep. it's crazy looking. And, and then I like, mean, I, I remember booting it up uh, night one and going like, "Oh my god!" Like the, just the way that the gunplay feels in that first mission, like, "Oh my god!" Like this, this is something special. This is awesome. And you know, imagine my disappointment when we get to the Black Garden and that's the end of the campaign. Yeah, but. Uh, I'll never forget going the gunplay, the movement, the abilities. This is the next evolution of Halo. I'm okay with leaving Halo behind now. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we were all kind of disgruntled after we didn't really enjoy Halo 4 multiplayer that much. Um, well, I did, but nobody else it took, did. <laughs> it took me a while. I mean, I didn't mind it, but I mean, like, compared to previous Halos, like, I mean, yeah. it's Halo. Yeah. Um, and Guardians didn't do it any favors the next year. But. I think for me, it's doing Vault of Glass for the very first time. I think it's loading up Vogue and going, this is truly an experience unlike anything I've ever played in a game or in a shooter. And my buddy Matt was with me and he goes, well, he played a lot of World of Warcraft. Him and another guy who was with us, Steven, played a ton of WoW at the time. They were still raiding all the time. And they said, well, what do you raids in WoW? Like, this is really unique that we've never seen this in a shooter. And to this day, we have never seen anything mechanically like that in a shooter. So many other games have tried to do raids and have just fallen flat on their face. The mm-hmm. Division. Uh, Avengers is doing one. You know, Avengers is just a high. Thanks. <laughs> they, they are doing one uh, for War with, War with War for Wakanda. Um, you know, there, there are games that have tried to emulate this, and it just doesn't work even pvp ve like i would argue really comes across best in in gambit mm-hmm. i think what gambit can be and it's just those those moments that moment though in Vogue for the first time and when we killed atheon just it was incredible it was like two weeks after long it was two weeks after vault came out and i just was like i could never play this game again and yeah. be happy and I did put the game down immediately after that. I didn't touch it until uh, I did Crota's End. 
Yeah. Because I remember going, I will never, ever feel as good about this game as I do right now. And I want to remember this moment for all the issues I have with this, with, you know, the legendaries decrypting into blues, with the upgrade oh, materials, with the whole horrible lights. Oh, the whole. Oh, level remember the system. Ascendant shards you had to collect to make, like, the Ascendant material? And then you had to put the. Oh, my gosh. That was so. Yeah. Remember how many different I, currencies there were in that first year? Dude, and then they changed it up. Like Then you had Ascendant Shards and Ascendant Energy, and it's just, yeah. oh, God, dude, it was so bad. D1 was always changing it, like, every six months and changing and then, like, the like, leveling system and stuff. Well, like, that first year, like, you could get boots that, like, that, or, like, a set of a set of armor that was, like, lower than your current level and it was like well you could sit there for days or weeks like trying to get this last piece to drop right like you had to be what level like 33 or something to do crota like everybody wanted you to be level 33 yeah. and like so many, people, so many people were stuck at 32 because they couldn't get like they i remember i was stuck trying to get boots that's what i'm always stuck on is like i was trying to get boots i couldn't get boots could mm. not get boots to save my life and uh, the rest is history. But man, it, that it, was that leveling awesome. system it's, was bad. It, it's, it's great. You know, I'll never feel the way that I did in that moment about a bungee game ever again. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's just a moment of I'm playing something that is so wholly unique to this particular game, mm-hmm. and I want to remember this forever. And I feel like that with every raid, like. I just want to, re- with the exception of Garden of Salvation, I'm like, I want to remember this moment when I get my first clears. With Garden, it was just like, God, I'm thank God it's over. Um, but every other raid, it's been like, I just want to kind of sit here and like think about this for a little bit until they kick me to orbit. Yeah. Because seven years in, and they're still doing things that nobody else has quite been able to do. Like for all the issues, I mean, like you get this, you, you, know, you have this, you have the dungeons, you have the exotic quests. I mean. You remember the first time that we found the Black Spindle? Uh, not oh Black Spindle. Gosh, yeah, the yeah. Black Spindle mission. Yeah, the I, secret it, mission. It, yeah, that was like we were. What were we doing? I. It was well, daily was reset at, when we all found out about yeah, it. Yeah. And, oh, didn't somebody just like find it on accident? Like somebody went yep, the wrong they way. They never to told to... us it was there. Somebody was running to daily and was like, "Oh, that door's never been up before." They walked up there and a timer started, and they were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And I remember hearing about it. My buddy texted me. He was like, "Dude, have you seen this? Have you seen this?" And like, I was home from I was home from school at the time. I uh, I didn't I had just graduated, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, I can get on right away." And me, him, and my buddy Matt all jumped on. We grinded that thing for hours to get that mission done. Finally, got it down to a science and managed to do it. Yeah. And that's just that again. I mean, like, there's so many things. Like, honestly, that may be my submission. Because that was just the coolest secret. They did the same thing with Whisper, Whisper of the Worm when it got dropped in. They didn't tell anybody about it. Just somebody noticed a portal on IO when they killed a public event enemy. They jumped through it and a timer started. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, you know, Outbreak. Saved Outbreak showed up randomly. You know, random quest for it. And just all these things. Like, no, nobody does it like Bungie. The, Presage, Harbinger, like Gosh, you look the, at some of these quests, and it's just the Wrath we of the Machine go, binary code. Uh, yeah, uh, the original Outbreak gun. Uh, how we became friends, the Sleeper Stimulant quest. Yeah, like yeah. you look at these things, and like it's crazy to think that this is the same. Co- at its heart, this is the same company that was giving me Hang 'Em High and the Halo One Magnum, right back in the day. Yeah, so. 
man, there's just there's so many to choose from, and I, I don't want to dwell on this all night, but I, I felt we like could. we really needed <laughs> we we could we could easily make an entire pod out of this. Um, but like, if you've played if you've played Destiny or you played Halo, like you have these. I mean, God, going after the Vitmaster achievements in ODST. Uh, some of those ridiculous things that gave you no gamer score at all, but we still spent hours trying to do them. Because you wanted that helmet. You wanted the, what What yeah. was it? In, in Halo 3, it was the Hayabusa armor. Mm-hmm. But in, in ODST, it was what, the recon armor with the flaming helmet, right? Or was it just yes. the helmet? Yes, I think it was the flaming helmet. Yeah. Which was awesome. Ugh. Bungie. Keep, keep. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing right. it. Just keep Give doing us some it, new Gambit maps, but just keep doing it. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't, I don't care who you work for, I don't care who you publish under. Like, man, you talk. You talk about a developer you'd follow to the ends of the earth and back. And for me, that you know, it's Bungie. It's mm-hmm. despite all their, despite all the faults that they have, you know, in terms of content, in terms of creating maps, balance, things like that. Like, I'm never more. I don't feel more at home in a game than I do when I load into that tower or when I hear the countdown clock of the halo matchmaking right like that's when i know like i hear steve downs's voice or i hear lance reddick or you know nolan north as goes i i dream of dinklebot in my sleep and i'm just like (laughs) i'm home yeah i hear tessa's annoying fucking voice like Mm -hmm. i'm home i'm here or when you go load into the the tower and you hear the cryptarch what can I do for you today, Guardian? Oh, I'm like, <laughs> after the hunt, I see. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> summer, Halloween, and Christmas, Grandma. I am very excited. But uh, moving on, I don't think we have anything else in Bungie Day. Uh, there's a Bungie Day art show going on. There is a really awesome uh, ramen emblem. Yeah, you sent me you the code get the ramen yeah, coupon. yesterday, this morning. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I do think that we are getting the matter reveal at some point later on this year. Um, I thought it would come on Bungie Day. It's pretty clear it's coming later on. Uh, who knows? That sounds when. like a, That sounds like an anniversary reveal. Uh, it does feel like an anniversary reveal, especially because like, hey, it's uh, going to be like halfway through the the long season. Yeah. Like, there's probably not going to be a lot going on in Destiny at that point. They're probably going to plan like a a like a full reveal of of the like some sort of witch queen thing couple months out from the from release like that seems like a perfect time october for a new ip reveal i agree are we I gonna co- are we gonna cover that on this show you think that's worth covering on this show when they do the initial reveal and gameplay yes yeah okay um I, i'd want to talk about it but once it comes out no yeah got enough problems keeping up with one bungee game i don't need two <laughs> that's all i'll be playing at that point yeah. um what else we got? Uh, and then, you know, in the TWAB, I mean, of course, you know, a lot of the same stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's really, I mean, the TWAB is basically non-existent. Go read patch notes if you're interested in the patch notes. Um, I would encourage you to. The movies of the week are great again. I uh, would encourage those. Uh, the artwork is pretty good. Um, um, the tokens are for the vanguard tokens are ending on august 24th vanguard tokens are ending i'm glad you brought that up i saw the uh i heard about the notice at least i saw a picture of it on twitter oh i i got it yesterday when i logged in they are uh officially discontinuing vanguard tokens turn them all in you've got about five weeks to do so you got until the morning of the 24th uh and then they will be scrapped like the crucible tokens uh were last season 
Zavala is finally moving to the uh, Drifter and the Shacks way of uh, giving out award or rewards. Awesome. Can somebody please call the Splicer Servitor in the helm and tell him to do the same thing? Because it's just brutal trying to level him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, guess, I guess we should shift into kind of the main topic tonight, which isn't too much of a topic because Solstice is still so recent. Mm-hmm. Um, probably talk more about Solstice in the coming weeks, but yeah. some initial some initial thoughts on Solstice of Heroes, the event that I think we all agreed it got a needed face a much needed facelift last year, um, but it still feels fairly stale. The EAZ has has worn, run its course. Um, I will say the two QOL changes they've made in there though of the grav lifts that only work about thirty percent of the time. And you definitely cannot use your regular jump once you've entered one of those. Yeah. Um, which is just maddening as a hunter. It's just we, we just jump three times, like maybe like a centimeter each time when you try to triple jump. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. And I like that uh, all your chest locations stay up now instead of having to memorize where they are. Yeah. Uh, those are all really cool. Uh, the cat statue that people discovered under the EAZ uh, two years ago can finally be fed Ooh. and uh, you'll get a uh, random world retold tail shotgun out of it. Uh, so that's cool. Encourage everyone to go do that. How do you feed it? You just walk up to it and just hold X. Yeah, it'll do it automatically. <laughs> you don't have to have like the little gifts from the dreaming city or anything, but it's a big dreaming city cat is what it is. Yeah. Um, that's cool. There's gravel left to go back up to the top from there. Uh, but EAZ, I've done the absolute bare minimum I had to in there, and I have no intention of touching it anymore. Uh, it's just, it's it's an aggravating area. It's just like the Infinite Forest. Like, I just don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, when are they vaulting that area? <laughs> God, dude, I hope it's this year. That If that's the only thing they vault, then it'll be a success. If that and Festival of the Lost area are both vaulted within the next six months uh, in the release of the Witch Queen, we will have officially succeeded in life. Uh, man, if, if I have to, if I have to, if I have to run through the uh, the forest again to get that dinosaur armor, I'll do it. I'm gonna be upset no, no, about you can, it. You can, you can flat out buy it with Bright Dust or Silver. They've already said so. Uh, okay. If I have to do it for anything, I don't want to do. Like if there's a meta weapon, I'm gonna be really upset. Yeah, because I really don't want to do the haunted forest this year. I barely did it last year. I've all but given up now. So, I I, I think that's something for another day at this point is talking about how stale Solstice is. Um, I want to play a little bit more of it to really get a feel for it. But I have already earned my legendary armor. The armor is really, really easy to unlock this year. Thank God they have made it easy. Even the challenges to get the glow are fairly easy. The hardest thing is do a Master or Grandmaster Nightfall. That's the hardest one. Uh, like the class item is three legendary lost sectors and it doesn't say you have to do them solo. You can do them with a group. Um, one is I think kill 10 champions or kill 15 champions or 15 guardians. Uh, but the guardians would have to be in a competitive mode. So either in comp or in trials, uh, 15 champions, that's super easy. Um, None of them are particularly hard. I do like you can get a standard white glow from the armor without having to go buy the actual glows, which are back up in the store. They have put some of the old ones back up. The new ones look good. I just, 
it's too clean for me. I don't like it. I want a very rustic looking hunter that's been out in the wild. Yeah. And it's kind of the antithesis of that. Uh, but there's a ghost you can earn. Uh, of course, you know, you get your full armor unlocked. You can earn tons of bright dust. Uh, there's two 200 uh, bright dust bounties each week. Event's going to go for four weeks. That's another, what, 800 or no, 1600 right there, not counting uh, repeatables, which are also really easy. But I like the emphasis on go do some of these older events. You can do overrides or battlegrounds or wrathborn hunts for these but you can also go to and it'll go quicker if you go do these world events if you go to altars of sorrow if you go to tier four uh blind wells you know things of that nature those those are really cool i like that um overall all the armor grind is just significantly better they finally listen and they nerf the requirements the more sets you get done which is good yes um did you uh did you get your uh shark ghost i did not i'm waiting for it to go up for dust in a couple weeks um it'll be up for dust here in a few weeks i did however buy the baby simba emote Ooh. Oh, the, the... and uh i'm sorely tempted to buy the baseball bat finisher oh the grand slam one yeah i'm very tempted to get both of those and give bungie even more money this season because i've already bought two things for silver um very tempted to go buy another pack of silver to be able to get both of those I, I am I am officially part of the problem, but the good news is Solstice Grind way better than it has been in the past. Um, they do Prism Days now in the EAZ occasionally and like throughout the game, where uh, you can get charged with any element of your choosing, um, which is really really nice. Um, you don't have to play a specific subclass on those days, which is great for those of us who unfortunately need grenade solar grenade kills for our armor which was rough as a hunter but yeah through and through i i think it's a better event than last year i think it's a lot more structured um not a huge fan of the shotgun you get from it though um it looks cool but i really don't think it's that great of a gun truthfully i don't think it has a great perk pool and regular precisions and not precision slugs are in just such a weird place in this meta yeah, um, that I could see it climbing out of that, but right now I don't think it is. Um, I, I want to get a couple more rolls on it though before the end of this event, just to make absolutely certain. Let me make sure I compass rose. That's what it's called. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey, any any thoughts to kind of open us up on on Souls of Heroes? Um, I mean, really I, I really haven't gotten to play as much. So I want to yet. Yeah, I mean, I've only done the one thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I. This is an event that I always thought the armor was cool, especially last year when we were talking about it. That armor was so cool, but the grind was like, I was terrible. It was terrible. Last year's is still the best solstice armor overall. Yeah, and it just made me like not want to do it. So this year I was kind of dreading it. But it's, mm-hmm. if you said like, since you said there is so much quality of life changes, like I'm actually gonna try to grind out this armor and, and get it and see what, you know, see what I can do to get it. But like, it was just like last year's was so bad, but the quality of life stuff is good. I'm glad that they address that. I'm glad that they're changing some things. Uh, the EAZ can just, just go away. Like give us another thing. But, uh, other than that, like, you know, solstice is back and, armor looks cool and i'm gonna actually maybe try to get it this year 
Yeah, I mean, and with the event being four weeks long, I think it's definitely possible for even the biggest procrastinators to get it. Yeah. Um, like I said, I did the first two tiers of armor in like two days, not even two days, and not even being able to play a whole lot because of the server issues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's infinitely better if you have some good music or a podcast to listen to or you're doing it with friends, of course. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's, re- it's really not that bad overall. Um, I like it, but Solstice desperately, desperately, desperately needs a rework in terms of an overall event. Um, but it, it'll, it'll do for right now. I think that's still one area where Bungie's really falling down are these holiday events that they like to do. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the rewards are worth it half the time. Of course, we'll see. I mean, Glacio Chasm, nobody really paid any attention to, and then they did all those changes to fusions, and now it's uh, amazing. Yeah. So I kind of want to see what happens there. Um, I, I think we'll both have more thoughts on Solstice next week once we've been able to play a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, this is this has just been like truthfully, it's it's been an absolutely insane week. I was finding myself playing on mobile while I was trying to get stuff done the other day. Like that's that was part of my Solstice ground was playing on mobile. So uh, I like to be able to actually enjoy it. It actually was not bad. It ran very smoothly for me. You're playing through Um, the, uh, are you playing through cloud? The web browser. Yeah. Is that, I mean, it it works fine. You working fine. Yeah. I was was playing on Safari. It all depends on your connection. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, I was just, I was just sitting there in bed playing. Um, Well, you know, my girlfriend and I were, you know, we were exhausted. She just got home from work and was going to sleep. And I was like, I had bounties I picked up yesterday, and they're about to expire, so I kind of want to get them done. And it went fairly smoothly for me. I managed to get an EAZ run in, do some public events, and then, of course, I got kicked. Yeah. So, uh, but let's, we, we said this was going to be a pretty short episode. Uh, let's take a trip to the lore corner. Let's do it. Lore corner with Josh Finney. That's right. Uh, I got two tonight. They're both pretty, pretty short. Um, but they are both solstice related. Uh, the first one is for Compass Rose, of course. Uh, Let the light be your compass, from Mithrax. You should put your gun away, the warlock says as her hunter companion strolled into the empty office. A long, appreciative whistle escapes him as he slowly turns and surveys the room. The commander sure come on up, hasn't he? The hunter remarks. Shotgun still resting on his shoulder. Then noticing something sitting on a high shelf, he wondered, is that a cat? The warlock gives him a gentle shove into the middle of the room, then slowly urges his shotgun down from his shoulder. Her touch leaves an ice-rimmed mark on the barrel. The look she levels at the hunter is patient but thinning. I don't recall having a meeting scheduled right now, booms a voice from the doorway. Both warlock and hunter turn to face Commander Zavala, the hunter shifting his shotgun behind his back as his ghost decompiles the weapon. He gives Zavala a crooked, apologetic smile and shows his hands to the warlock in gun-what-gun gesture. Commander Zavala, the warlock says, with a quick chastising look at her cohort. I'm, I know who you two are, Zavala says as he breezes past them. I have a call with the consensus in ten minutes. You have eight of them. He's heard of us, the hunter whispers to the warlock, who gives him a serendipitous elbow in the side. Commander, first of all, we wanted to thank you for the rescue efforts on Europa. We wanted to talk about the long-term plans regarding Elixney settlement in the city. Zavala sits at his desk, his face weary. There is no long-term plan. Yet. You didn't have a plan before putting them in the bombed-out ditch, the hunter interjects? Zavala's expression is mixed with surprise and aggravation, but he lets out a burst of laughter. It crescendos in an uncharacteristically jovial manner before dissipating into a sigh. 
I suppose it looks like that, Zavala admits. This is the territory the consensus would cede for the time being. But the plan is to turn the area into a community learning annex, where the Elixian humanity can freely share ideas, culture, and language. And they would live there, the warlock asks. No, Zavala says with a shake of his head. If everything goes well, they'll live in the city, whether they'd like, wherever they'd like. It's just going to take time to build up the piece of Batsa district we gave them and to make sure the people of the city accept them. The last thing we need is violence born out of confusion and ignorance. The warlock and hunter look to one another, then back to Zavala. That's honestly better than we expected. No offense to your city planning strategies, Commander. I just, it wasn't my plan, Zavala says, motioning, the wo- motioning to the woman eavesdropping in the doorway. Ikora, the warlock says with a respectful incline of her head. Both the warlock and hunter look shocked at her presence. Ikora smiles demurely and more fully invites herself into the room. When I heard Mithrax's old fire team had come to the city, I was surprised to see you here rather than down there with him. Ikora says, though she isn't truly surprised. Have you given him your regards? With everything that happened on Europa, ma'am, we didn't think it prudent. He's still, there's still raw emotions and with everything going on right now, it's been hard to connect with him, the warlock admits. Giving the hunter a concerned look, Ikora regards them for a moment, then nods and approaches Zavala. Family struggles can be challenging, Ikora recognizes, her hand on the back of Zavala's chair, even with found family, but I have faith you'll find a way to work it out. She leans over and whispers something to him. The vanguard commander gives her a look of approval as he begins opening terminal windows for his impending meeting. In the meantime, how would you two like to help the vanguard? Ikora asks with one brow raised. The warlock and hunter cast a furtive look to one another, but both are quick to offer silent nods of affirmation. Ikora smiles, having expected that response, and spreads her arms to herd the pair out of Zavala's office. Good. We have a long-range scouting operating scout operating outside the city. A newly minted hunter, and we'd like you two to keep him company, Ikora says as she walks. She glances briefly over her back to Zavala, who offers her an appreciative smile. Who? the warlock asks. Well, that's complicated. Ooh. I love this. I love this in so many ways. We we've read about Mithrax's fire team before. Um <clears throat> in literally the Mithrax lore book from Forsaken. Uh we read about them. We we know about them and that he's been on many missions with them. After the events on Titan, he joined up with them basically. Um it's very interesting that they haven't gone and talked to him yet. I'm not quite sure what the Europa incident is. I'm actually gonna look into that this week. Um, but it probably has to do with when we were evacuating people off of Europa or an event that happens at the beginning of the season, uh, when Mithrax is there and we, we have to find, we find him in the fallen and things like that. Uh, I really like that. And I like the nod at the end to the crow. Mm -hmm. They're pretty clearly sending them to interact with crow, um, because he is being prepared to be brought into the fold. Yep. Now this scouting mission, where do you think they sent them? God, uh, man, I don't know. I, mm, I'm thinking. My heart says it's the Dreaming City. You think so? I mean, Crow's Path is on a collision course with the Dreaming City right. with the return of. Yeah, that's fair. That's uh, true. Marasov. That's true. You're right. But who knows? Because I mean, Petra's going to kill him if she sees him. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's mm, that's going to be a. You think that's going to come up this this coming season? Is Petra seeing Crow? Uh, I mean, I think it has to. I mean, I think that may even be part of uh, survive the truth. What if it's just a whole bunch of different truths? Like that's one that uh, you know Mara's going to have to come to terms with Petra, especially mm-hmm. Petra said you know, and it's largely thought that Petra is the one who fired the shot that killed Aldrin, mm-hmm. that it wasn't us. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, w- what would happen? Like she w- she would murder him. Like she's heard the rumors that he's still alive mm-hmm. and basically it's like, I'll put a bullet in his head myself. And I'm like, I don't want to piss her off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our other lore corner is the, uh, it's going to be the exotic shell that you can earn from, uh, from the solstice, the, uh, filigree of light. Light is both delicate and unbreakable. Cora Ray. Crow sat high on the walls, looking past the future Warcult sentinels to focus instead on the crowd of Elixni below. He wished he could be on the ground, helping them acclimate. Though his stay with the spider had been traumatic, he had fond memories of the Elixni who helped him adjust to life on the shore. He longed to return to Goodwill, but Zavala gave him strict orders to stay out of sight. It was a directive he had nearly contradicted in breaking up the previous week's sabotage. He was reluctant to put himself in hotter water for the sake of sentimentality. At least Glint can still have fun, he thought. Three stories below, a gaggle of Elixni hatchlings chased Glint through the ruins. Crow had dispatched the ghost to do some reconnaissance and gauge the likelihood of another violent confrontation. But the instant attention of the hatchlings blew Glint's cover, and he seemed delighted in his demotion from spy to playmate. The ghost chirped in glee as the hatchlings scrambled across on all sixes trying to catch him. He stayed just beyond reach, twisting and turning through rubble, doubling back so that the smaller ones at the back of the pack could have a go. Let them enjoy themselves, Crow thought. Things will get worse before they get better, and they deserve every scrap of joy they can find. Uh, so that's that. I mean, that's really short. It's super short, but I think it's I think it's important. You know, when we're talking about Lixney life in the city. To see that they're still they're still having these happy moments and that Crow is helping them in his own strange way. He really I mean, he really is the prince of the Elixir in a lot of ways. We we forget before he you know, when he was starting to fall, well, before he got corrupted by the Dark Ether and by Riven, he had annoyed in himself Kell of Kells. Uh, after a ship crash landed on Mars, and slowly what drove him nuts, he him and Varix were both claiming it for themselves. Mm-hmm at one point um but he believed that he was the chosen one and this and that i think that presents just so many opportunities for storytelling in this universe and specifically with crow he doesn't know about his future but he's so much different than Aldrin ever was uh-huh. uh which is just it, it it's it's absolutely crazy uh, i like i wonder why that is i mean like not not that like you know, you I, I know like you, the the slate is wiped clean, but you would think like their personality mm-hmm. would be similar or something. Like Aldrin was so just like dark and, and yeah, <clears throat> and he like Crow is basically like pretty much replacing Cade at this point. Like yeah, in a lot of ways, he yeah. Is. So like I I don't know. I wonder why I wonder why that is. Do they ever explain that in the lore anywhere? Why like your current self is different than your past self uh not to my knowledge no especially, i don't think that's something that we're gonna get until the end especially because like the crow is really like the besides us crow is like really the only like recent death to guardian right like i mean even we were 
not a lot like we were dead for hundreds of years right before our ghost revived us like crow is only like one of the recent ones right like where he dies and then comes back so recently right right so like man that's just i don't know i i think about that sometimes where like everybody's been was dead for hundreds of years and then has been alive for hundreds of years and then crow dies and is alive again in like six months like yeah it's strange it's very strange but Um, i think you think that has to do with like the theory of him being the next speaker and him actually being able to directly speak to the traveler you think that has to do with that theory like why he came back so quickly possibly but i mean also like we forget that pulled pork well glint was looking for him no it's pulled pork it's pulled pork so he's been looking for him since the collapse, since the traveler breathed out the ghost. He's been searching for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that pulled pork and our ghost feel some sort of camaraderie, especially like notice our two guardians are the ones that have heard from the traveler. Mm-hmm. And we're to our knowledge, the two most recently awoken guardians. But yet we see we are cosmically and divinely intertwined with what happens to the traveler itself at this point yeah. and to the stories in this galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crow is a character that I think is around long term. So, I mean, never forget in the original draft of the game, Crow was supposed to be a Cade Six style character. Yeah, he was supposed to be around like from the beginning. Yeah, he was supposed to kind of be your mentor and even the well, vendor on the uh, Cosmodrome. Yeah, I mean, even if you remember, like the the game actually started three different ways depending on what class you started in that original yeah. draft, right? And like yeah, the hunters yeah. were going to go with the crow. Right, like that was the draft. God, what could have been? Yeah, what could have been? I mean, you say that, but like, then we wouldn't have got this cool story arc of all. I don't care. You do. This is this is interesting. What could have been now? I guess they could have just done this with a different character, right? Like at this point, but yeah. I mean, there's there's concept art of the crow out there from that, right? It's in the Destiny One art book. I have it. It's back there on my shelf. Yeah, I've got it somewhere. I need to take a look at it. I haven't looked at it in a long time. So, sorry, off tangent. Kind no, of. no, no. But uh, that's gonna, that's gonna do it. To just really quick lore corner tonight. Uh, Want to do a little bit more digging on Mithrax's fire team? Uh, maybe whip some of that up for us while we're waiting. We definitely want to get into the uh, the Ada lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the end of the season from the transmog quests. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun, but. Yeah, that is uh, that is it, my friend. Awesome. I, uh, I'm really interested to hear about Mithrax's fire team. I love you Mithrax. Think, I, I'm very excited for his fire team. You think he'll become... I don't know. I, he might just be like an honorary guardian like Hawthorne, I guess, at this point. But Yeah, I mean, he's, he's pretty clearly going to be sticking around. So, yeah. I like it. Well, Josh. Well, Corey. I think it's time to get out of here. I think it is, too. Let's I, do it. I appreciate your time tonight, Josh. I always appreciate your time, Corey. That's and my it, secret. Is it? I'm your secret. It is. I'm Josh's secret. Um, <laughs> I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. Remember, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, so leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. Crispy uh, five stars. Yeah, just the five stars. All five of them. No five, no sale. Uh Remember, if you are 
listening on podcast services to share with your friends. We really appreciate you out there listening to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. You can find it every Thursday night on your podcast service. Josh, where can we find you? Uh, Twitter, at Josh underscore Finn, two N's. And on Mondays, you can find me on Q-List for a couple more weeks, talking about how I met your mother. Hmm. I'm doing a Mighty Ducks Q-List. That's right. It's going to be interesting. So, uh, You can find me at IamCoreyNHD on Twitter. Uh, you can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast. Uh, we are moving nights, so you can uh, now find it. I think on Wednesday nights is where we're moving it. Uh, I think that's it. Follow Tower Casuals on Twitter at Tower Casuals. Email the show at TowerCasuals at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you listen. And we will see you next time. Goodbye, Guardians. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Mm. Every time. Every, Every time. time.